Hey guys, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. I am your host, Zach, and across the internet is my co-host, Micah. How's it going? And today, we are going to get back to business as usual, and we're going to dive right in to a playable race, straight from the player's handbook. If you swapped from... Pathfinder or 3.5 straight to 5th edition, you were probably shocked at this race's inclusion. Today we're going to be talking about the Tiefling. The Tiefling. The Tiefling, yes. It, I hate I hate the Tiefling so much. It's Tiefling. <laughs> it's Tiefling. So, so the thing that I kind of wanted to dive in right, real, just real quick right off the gate is our if you remember your first impressions of this race being included as a playable race, I'll tell you mine because it's real quick. I was super unhappy about it. It felt like the Pathfinder 2.0, if you look at that nowadays and you see that Goblin is included as Uh right out the gate, a playable race. It's like, okay, like I, I don't need 18 Goblins in every campaign just because it's the weird thing. So here's the thing. The first race I ever played in a tabletop RPG was Tiefling because mm-hmm. at the time I was very much the angsty, edgelordy, meme machine that I was. And I loved him. He was adopted by kobolds because I had to have some snowflakey story uh, because, of course, you do. Everyone does. That's, that's not me talking trash i mean that's just like the law of a character backstory oh sure um but uh i i 100 love my tiefling i was a terrible player i wish i could go back and slap myself uh i was the worst type of player i would hate of having i I would have hated to have me in a game i ran so ian hats off all my friends who i played with hats off thank you all for putting up with me on my first bout of tabletop RPG goodness. But I was happy to see him because that was the first thing I ever played. I I, I was excited to see Tieflings. Yeah, and I I would say that they've grown on me. I do I do like the variety that I have seen in the Tiefling so far at my tables. But I do still think that the Tiefling attracts, as you so eloquently just stated, it attracts people who are like, how? What's the most edgiest, lordiest character that I can play? Ooh, there's a tiefling. I'll just do that. Now, uh, I will say my time on Twitter has enlightened me to other people, like how other people play tiefling. Yeah. Which I think part of that comes from again that snowflakey backstory. You don't want to be the same tiefling as everyone else. So, what's the like the exact opposite that you could be? as a tiefling so there's kind of this you're either super stereotypical or you're like completely contrarian and you still wind up being the same as everybody else no matter how you're a you're a you're a cleric of light or you're a you're a lawful good paladin or you're a you know something like that divine soul sorcerer tiefling Right. right yeah yeah it's either the the goodiest two shoe of tiefling or embracing everything the tiefling stands for Right, right. I think Mike Merles even said when he introduced the Tiefling, or when he was talking about the Tiefling in one of his videos, he's like, oh, it's a great excuse to play that dark character that you've always wanted to play. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not helpful. Um, (laughs) 
But but no, I, I do think that I think why I've kind of grown to like them is they give the campaign an infusion of that fiendish flavor that I think the game can benefit from. Well, it's we've kind of hinted at it on some of our episodes on the other planes, but it's very easy to get stuck in. We only explore the material plane. And yeah. having a tiefling in the party is kind of just a constant reminder that, hey, devils exist out there. There's other stuff out there. There are other planes to play with in a much better way than I think just like a standard elf can. Now, if you get into a Ladron and, again, some of the other sub-races that exist for these different races, um, that that can fill a similar role. But Tiefling is one of the few from the core rulebook, if you had nothing else, that is there as a reminder that there is a bigger world or more big worlds than just the one that you are currently playing in. Right, right. And I think as time has gone on, I think that it's become, I think, to, at least in my mind and at my tables, it's become more apparent that Dragonborn are probably the race that actually ended up being the outsider from the player's handbook. Like, it's not that I don't see very many of them, because I do, but it's like they don't feel as natural in the Forgotten Realms as I think the Tieflings ended up being. Yeah, which is kind of weird, because I yeah. thought Dragonborn was initially the more interesting, but I've kind of run into the same thing, where I see very few Dragonborn. Now, this is a side tangent, but... Every single Dragonborn I think I've played at at conventions is a paladin. I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but every Dragonborn I have played with has been a Dragonborn paladin. Either either Dragonborn paladin or I see a lot of Dragonborn Tempest clerics. Oh, uh, I never. I don't think I've ever had a single Tempest cleric at my tables. I've had plenty of clerics, but yeah, yeah. But but it's, it is few and far between, and almost all of them are paladins, especially like conquest paladins and things like that. That. Yeah. Art can be the more intense. But anyhow, that's for a different episode. Tieflings can be found on the Player's Handbook, page 42 and 43. You can also find bits and pieces of them in Xanathar's Guide and Mordekainen's phone and Tom- Tomo Foes. You can also see them in Unearthed Arcana and a whole... Oh, and then Sword Coast Adventures Guide. A bit of everything. They're definitely a popular race to have stuff crafted for yeah which they kind of diving right into that mordenkainen's if you like tieflings pick up mordenkainen's time of foes tome of foes i see i'm gonna do the same thing there's gonna be a whole lot of him and him and him and this this episode yeah because uh, we we're about to start pronouncing yeah. some interesting yeah. names but if you like tieflings or really any of the more occult races in general um Grab this book because Tome of Foes goes over not only the different rings of hell uh, and the different uh, devils, arc devils and stuff that rule over it, but tieflings get sub races for every single one of those layers in this book. If you want tiefling options, this is your book. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you like how they've presented tiefling sub races in this book? So... Almost all the sub-races in this book don't get the same attention they do in some of the other player-centric yeah. books. So my, my answer is going to be no. Now, I don't think that's a, a big deal. I mean, the only thing they don't have, essentially, is dedicated artwork for all of them that you would find in, like, a, a typical 
players more player centric mm-hmm. book because the elves in here and the the Dorgar and other things that they put in here is largely similar. You you don't get kind of the same attention they would otherwise get. It's kind of just a, a very small blurb kind of yeah. tossed in with everything else. Yeah, I I would say I'm I probably I, I don't think the sub races are bad. I just no. it's not presented in an exciting way. Right. I think that's where I agree with you. Because every single one of them is, hey, we're gonna tweak how they get abilities and we're gonna tweak the spells that they get to cast neatly. There's nothing that varies from that. No it's and, tweak and the abilities, tweak the spells. To be fair, they do give a couple pieces of artwork for tieflings that would come from different layers. But to get the flavor for it, you really need to read and dig into the rest of the information in Mordenkainen's. To get an idea for why your tiefling would be different, you need to read the rest of that. There's not like a blurb for, this is how these tieflings are different. To get that information, you you have to read the rest, which is fine. And it encourages you to go through the rest of the book. And there is a ton of great information and interesting stuff in here. So that's not a downside. But if you're simply a player looking for options, it's not presented in as nice of a way as some other Mm -hmm. options. So do we want to just loosely breeze through? There's not a whole lot of things that tieflings get. And I mean, you can you can subrace all the ability scores a million different ways. Um, but I do want to kind of draw attention to the fact uh, they do get a few traits, dark vision, the re- fire resistance, mm-hmm. uh, and then infernal legacy. Those are kind of the three things that make the tiefling stand out, right? Uh, right. Now, it is important to note that infernal legacy is the core option. That is that is the main player's handbook option. If you do get Toma Foes, that is now the official Asmodeus option. So if you go yeah. with the player's handbook, you are an Asmodeus tiefling. Which is typically what they're originally what all tieflings were supposed to be in fifth edition were were descendants in a way of Asmodeus. So the fact that we have all these new sub races is then opening up what a tiefling can be. Right. Yeah. So anyhow. And then we have some alternative some alternative traits listed these are in sword coast adventures guide but you can have devil's tongue which basically makes your spells more persuasion based you have hellfire which makes your spells more fire based then you have winged so you can fly and then you have feral which is their initial attempt at a sub race and it replaces your plus two to charisma with your with a plus two to dexterity and you keep your plus one to intelligence which while those are the early ones, I almost feel like Tome of Foes, in a way, retcons all those previous ones. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, like, if the standard one is your connection to Asmodeus now, it's not just, like, a standard tiefling. The Asmodeus yeah. tiefling is the standard one. What is Feral? What is Winged? Like, why can't you have a Winged tiefling of Beelzebul? Yeah, I agree. I think Winged should have been... Yeah, see, it's, I think that's more of a tricky. feat. It's like a, a, a racial feat, but then that gets into its own murky water. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they went in two completely separate versions, like two separate directions for this, which that's really not a big deal at all. But it's no. it's such a complete 180 where all of these sub races are based on the, the devil that they, mm-hmm. their progenitor or whatever. And then those are like a complete offshoot where it's just feral. 
Yeah. Or it's just, it's just winged. So it's just a, a different feel to how they then presented these. That, that, that's not a bad thing, but I do feel like it does throw a little bit of a wrench in the works as far as, I don't know. Uh, yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm just being crazy. And AL it wouldn't matter because you've got a two book limit anyway, so you wouldn't be able to mix those right. two. So Exactly. And that's probably how how they're saying it. Let's go over the last official books edition, which is Xanathar's uh feet options. Mm-hmm. So the one that I, I I'm ninety nine percent sure I don't have my book in front of me, but the one that I that I recall is the barbed hides feet. I know that that's a feat, and I'm, I'm certain it's made the jump from Unearthed to Xanathar's. But basically, that just means that you have, like, a spine devil in your history, and you have spines coming out of your head, and you can Basically, as a like, reaction, if someone touches you, yeah, you porcupine out, and then if someone is grappling you or something, they take 1d6 for every round that they are in contact yeah, with you. Right. And then you also get like proficiency to intimidation, or yep. if you already are proficient in intimidation, you get double. Your you get expertise in it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Which I like that feat a lot. I think it gets murky when you say, "Oh, I, I, I think it depends on where in your world tieflings originate from, because if they all originate from Asmodeus, then what is a barb devil or a spiked?" Spine Devil or whatever it is, what are those doing in your descendancy as w- ascendancy, descendancy as well? Oh, uh, you know, uh, Zeus got around. He uh, yeah. made the Minotaurs because he was feeling a bit frisky, and uh-huh. there was a bovine nearby. So you know, don't king shame Asmodeus. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Sure, sure. Uh, are there other uh, feats that you recall? Are there any others in Xanathar's that we need to draw attention to? I don't think in Xanathar's, the other one, well, no, Xanathar's does have one other, and this is where we're going to get back to the words, Flames of Phlegathos, I'm saying. uh, I think that's uh, the liquid that uh, pools in the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plus one to intelligence or charisma. When you roll fire damage, you can re-roll ones, so it's basically the the berserking or whatever that half-orcs get, whoever gets that but specifically for fire damage. And then whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage, you can surround yourselves in flames. It sheds light. And then anyone who hits you with you melee attack, you get to deal a D4 to them. So that's kind of just a cool flavor thing. Yeah. But that is, that is an official feat. The only one I believe, I don't know. I I can't find barb devil in there, but I don't know. I think barb devil is fine. So you should totally include it. Um, The only one I'm not seeing in there that is in uh, Unearthed Arcana is Infernal Constitution, which is pretty strong mechanically. I wouldn't call it interesting like the yeah. other ones are. It's not an interesting feat, but it's a very strong mechanical feat in that you get plus one to your constitution. You get resistance to cold and poison damage when you already have resistance to fire. You have resistance to three of the most common types of damage out there, aside from you know your slashing and stuff. You go berserker and boom, you've got... Uh, or Barbarian, and then boom, you've got crazy amount of resistances. Uh, but then you get advantage on saving throws against being poisoned. So pretty strong mechanically. Uh, I don't believe it's in any official sort of capacity. Uh, and like I said, I think feats should be chosen because they're interesting. I don't like the strictly mechanical feats or the build tax feats that certainly mm-hmm. exist out there. 
I like feats as a an extension of the character more than anything else. So not a huge personal fan of that one. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I don't think anyone yeah. should feel bad for taking it. It's just it doesn't get me excited. Yeah. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of the tiefling. Do we kind of want to get into uh, how to take this as a standard option and add some flavor to it? Yeah. Real quick, I do kind of want to touch on what our favorite existing sub-race is. Mine definitely come from Mordenkainen's. I just think it hits the flavor of the tieflings right. I think, again, it helps pull in kind of that feeling of there being other realms for you to explore. I I just really like how these are laid out. And my favorite, I think, is Fierna, the master manipulator, who gives her the tieflings that follow her forceful personalities. So plus two to charisma, plus one to wisdom. But the main reason I like it, and this this is certainly a mechanical reason, so I know I just said what I did about feats, but you know what? It's how I am. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. The legacy of Phlegathos. You know the friend's cantrip, which, eh, that's fine. But at third level, you get charm person once per day as a second level spell. And then at fifth level, you get suggestion, which are two always, yeah. like, those are evergreen spells. Like, they're good at whatever level of play you're at. You can get some sort of use out of that. Unlike some of these others where it's like a damage-dealing spell or something that is strictly cast at that level. There's no upcasting it or anything. These are good at the level you cast them at pretty much forever. Uh, I think they're they're really solid abilities to get. Kind of fits the theme of uh, Fierna uh, that is touched on earlier in the book. Uh, that's probably my favorite tiefling uh, subrace. Mm-hmm. I was gonna I was gonna talk about a different one, but I think I'm gonna talk about Mamon. I like it because it gives the tiefling a little bit more unique flavor. And you talked about a snowflake before, but this one, the miser Mamon loves coins above all else. Tieflings tied to him excel at gathering and safeguarding wealth. I really don't even care. They get Mage Hand, Tensor's Floating Disc, and Arcane Lock. But I really don't even care so much about the spells. I just like that idea, that flavor, that this is a tiefling who's out to collect as much coin as possible because that's his heritage. And that's that's something that I don't see every day. Well, and, I mean, we joke about tieflings being edgy, but I think it's funnier to think of a tiefling as a, an old Mr. Scrooge dealing with his ghosts right. past, present, and future. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And also, I think that bringing a tiefling of this sort to your table at an AL convention or any sort of AL game would be pretty humorous because there's no gold anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so you, you get gold when you level up. Yeah, You can um, hoard all of it that you want. Exactly. So anyhow, that I, I think that that could be fun, and I, I would love to see uh, an older miserly tiefling in play. So that would be my that would be my toss out. Before I go to the thing I'm kind of excited about, and I've definitely never talked about what I'm about to on uh, on our podcast before. Do you have any other flavor or uses of tiefling that you really like that you think people should bring? I have to the a couple. I have a couple. I want to point out, like, um, so originally tieflings could be any fiendish heritage, and they've started to slowly implement that back in with with being not just Asmodeus. But if you say anything of fiendish heritage is a tiefling, 
right now a tiefling is strictly a devil and a human uh, descendant becomes a tiefling, basically. But if you if you brighten that tiefling to just being a part devil, it becomes pretty interesting. T- we talked about Tanarooks back when we talked about orcs. Oh, yeah. Those would ar- ar- arguably, they would be considered... They're the, the tiefling equivalent for orcs. Right. In many ways. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, Maleths are devil dwarves. They have less hair than a regular dwarf, and they have red eyes. They're more charismatic than the regular dwarves. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Wisplings are... Uh, those are from 3.5, I think, or from the Fiend Folio. But they're half, half, half ones, half devils or their descendants. They're where most tieflings are like dress in dark colors and are more sinister and diabolical. Wisplings dress in brighter colors and are more chaotic in nature sometimes. Then two more here that I just want to draw attention to the Fey F E Y apostrophe R I are demon fey crossbreed of demon and fey mixtures of sun elf sun elves and the tanari like a succubus or an incubus so it's a very 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 charismatic creature very rare too and then the last one is kind of i think the one that makes the most sense within the lore and that's and you see these in mordenkainen's i believe uh are drow mixed with a uh Labrazu demon give you a... But it is important to note that demons and devils are very different. Are two different things, yes. In, in this, which I yes. get those mixed up literally all the time because those are the two that are at war with each other. In fact, we m- may have to say that the devils are... The, the devils would very much say that they are very much our saviors because they are keeping the demon keeping. hordes at bay. Right. And... That's the thing is once you say it's not a devil, it's a fiend, the possibilities really open up. And that would be the only other thing that I would mention real quick is if you really – if you as a DM decide, hey, a tiefling is a fiend descendant, a partial fiend, you have some really interesting options. And I wouldn't tweak too much the abilities and traits and everything, but visually you could have some interesting options because hags are considered fiends. The Abishai, which are the – Fiends that Tiamat, Tiamat has control of. Humanoid so, yeah, Yugoloths, obviously, then also demons. And then uh, the Rakshasas are also fiends. So you could have like a tiefling that isn't horned and whatever, but has like a, a stripe pattern to their skin or ha- has the hands that are backwards. I mean, these are just, uh, you know, fun ways if, if you're a DM who is open to variety and, and what a tiefling can be this might allow your players a little bit more freedom and i do especially like the idea of rakshasas and hags as partial tieflings i think that's kind of a an interesting take well and all for all the the players out there uh potentially listening the easiest way to not do get your dm's permission for anything you do is you don't change anything mechanically and you're just like this is what they look like and then you yeah. can be whatever you want. You know, it may not change mechanically, but while it may not make a difference in how it plays, it makes all the difference in how it feels to play yeah. just by changing a couple things. And there's 15 subraces now, so you can find a subrace that matches what a Rakshasa you think would 
be more flavored towards or a hag or whatever. Like there's this pattern of spells and ability scores that will match any sort of fiendish background. They have pretty much more subraces than most anything else at this point, simply because of Mordenkainen's and that coming out to yeah. to give you the the options. So what? So what? What are you bringing to the table as far as a uh, as an alternative option? So we joked about how you're either a, a a super edgy tiefling, or you go the complete opposite, and you're a paladin or a life cleric or divine soul sorcerer. This is really no different <laughs> from from what we joked about earlier. But in Gloomhaven, my current character is a Valrath, which is effectively a, a divine tiefling. Mm-hmm. For those of you that played the game, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, but it is a total sun, sun bro of the, the Gloomhaven world. She is a kick-ass healer, tank, damage dealer, whatever else. And I don't even remember my own character's name because I have too many similar characters. It's not Liara because that was my orchid that I was playing. She retired. Mm-hmm. She killed enough bandits and, and or cultists to uh, feel good about herself. She's retired. I'm now playing uh, my new character, and it's not Larissa because that's the owner of the <laughs> very fine establishment that you all are in in my current campaign. I can't even remember also my own character name. I will find out tomorrow because, well, yesterday, as far as the podcast going live is concerned, because I'm playing Gloomhaven. Yeah, uh, she's great. The art is great. It fits very much in with Tiefling, and it, it's basically like if you crossed an, an isomer with without the wings and a tiefling so an interesting note real quick on that crossing isomer and tiefling i was looking at that tieflings always breed true and isomer are the recessive gene so if they were combined a a a tiefling and an isomer would always have tiefling children which i think is interesting go ahead um i mean that's really it but it fits right in with the whole life cleric paladin divine sorcerer vibe lots of cool abilities lots of good ranged abilities she's got a uh if there's light on the board i can heal two people uh i call them my finger pistols of thoughts and prayers that i can send out to people (laughs) one finger is called thoughts and one is called prayers yes that's exactly how it goes at our at our tables um it's a range thing so you know you're not actually there helping with anything you're just like i'm posting this on my facebook here's my thoughts and prayers and they get some good vibes sent their way. Yeah. So a ton of fun to play. And it, it, it's something you could easily reskin. Again, using one of the millions of sub-races at this point, uh, you could easily have a more celestial-themed tiefling. Um, mm-hmm. And and really, their, their paths aren't a whole lot different. In Gloomhaven, they came from a very bloody heritage of genocide and warfare. And they had made very concerted efforts to put that past behind them which is why they're all now super sun bros uh praise the sun but uh, she's been a ton of fun to play i am looking forward to playing her more uh, and that's a very simple way that you can interject a little bit different flavor into uh, an otherwise very edgy uh race cool one other thing that i did have on my notes uh, something that i i think about a lot when tieflings are in my game is I like to think of tieflings as a potential anchor for other fiends to come around in the sense of like there's it's it's like a homing beacon for demons or devils that are trying to get to the material plane is this this, this essence of their existence of the nine hells 
is there on the material already, and they can they're kind of drawn to it as they travel through the ethereal the ethereal realms. To me, that's a great excuse, a great reason why, uh, if you have a tiefling in your game, you are going to see more devils or more demons popping up. And I think it also is interesting as far as the party is concerned when they come to a realization of, oh, there's, you know, not just walking into a bar and we get, you know, frowns from the, our tiefling companion, but also like having a tiefling companion is a constant source of potential threat from the outside. I think, I don't know. I just really like that idea that they can be a homing beacon. One final question I think I want to throw your way, Zach. What do you call a one-armed tiefling? I don't know. What do you call a one-armed tiefling? Banath. Banath. There you go. <laughs> Banath is one of our fellow players who just lost his arm. And nobody else will know or care, but for my players that listen, for my brother. So, I think Alrighty. that's pretty much everything I've got on these guys. I, I Like I said, I like them a lot. I joke about them, but it, it's... In in good good faith, I, tiefling was the thing I started with, and I, I I give it a hard time more because of how I was as a player, more so than the race itself. But tieflings are what got me into tabletop role playing games, so it's impossible for me to not have a a soft spot in my heart for this race. Yeah, and, and your brother, uh, like you said, plays a tiefling now in in one of our long running campaigns. And that also kind of helps generate. We we have a lot of interest in tieflings at this point and what he brings to the table as far as the different feats and the different abilities and traits make it, it has made for a uh, more interesting campaign. So I thought it was a good, good race for us to cover. Uh, for sure. Zach, where can these fine folks find us at? Absolutely. You can talk to Micah on Twitter. You can find us there. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, where we sometimes post things more frequently now. You can check out our website, biteofdnd.com. You can check us out uh, in a podcast form on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and every other pretty much podcast hopper. Speaking of Twitter, if you guys like our content you might check out dump stat adventures they've been good friends to us on twitter they're good guys to talk to they've got a blog as well so they they've got a podcast that they're working on as well and then they've got their own blog i they recently posted one on downtime days that i enjoyed going through so you might give them a look as well let them know yep. what you think let us know what you think of us uh any of yep. those reviews definitely help out the smaller creators um it's kind of what the algorithms look for as far as getting our name out there. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.